What is good? How you living? How you feeling? It is another episode of the Big Podcast with Shaq where we always do it big. And we are back with a combination of unbelievable athlete and a dude that's going to make you laugh your face off. To Shaq's left from Atlanta, an undeniable talent. He can command a TV show, a sold out arena, or your social media feed. He will make you laugh until you cry. He will roast you until you want to hide. Give it up for the one, the only, DC Young Fly. And to Shaq's right, this is big for Shaquille O'Neal. From Roosevelt, New York, he is a three-time champion, a four-time MVP, one of the most important athletes of any era. His dunks were so iconic, he's the reason we use the word posterized. He was once compared to Thomas Edison because he was inventing something new every night. The doctor, Julius Irving. On you, big fella. How you guys doing? Great, bro. Slow motion, Great. OG. Happy to be here. I want to I wanna thank you for coming to the Chihuahua Lounge. Doc, I never told you this. I have a confession. Uh-oh. Before I found out who you were, I didn't know who you were. Let me explain. You know I'm a football guy, right? So before you became my guy, Ed Tutal Jones was my guy. Okay. So then I watched okay. this movie. Yeah. And you, you know the movie, right? The fish. The fish that say Pittsburgh, <laughs> and then you became my guy. Yeah, Always that wasn't, real, that, wasn't uh, that wasn't artificial. That was real acting. It was. Yeah, yeah. I, I was being me. <laughs> like, cause, yeah. cause, like, have you ever seen that movie, Fish Say Pittsburgh? Yeah, you need to check it out. So, yeah. it's a basketball movie. It's classic. So That's when I young. saw that, and you know what he was doing, I became a fan. And then my father sent me to, to, to uh, took me to the a garden to watch him play, and I was like, that's real. Yeah. Like he went baseline. And when he dunked it and the crowd stood up, because I was a, a high-level juvenile delinquent, I was always getting in trouble. <laughs> so I seen him go baseline, throw it down, the crowd went crazy. It's like when the crowd stood up, like the basketball guy just entered me. Because I always had to address my father as sir, because he was like, you know, don't talk to me until you get your life together. So I was like, sir, I finally figured out what I want to do in my life. And he was like, what? He was like, I want to be like this man here. He was like, you want to be like the Dr. J? And my father said this to me. He said, I'll make you the best big man ever. And then he started throwing names I never heard of. He said, I'm going to make you like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm going to make you like Wilt Chamberlain. I'm going to make you like Bill Russell. But I wouldn't even worry about those names. I was worried about this name right here. So, Doc, I always, I always wanted to ask you this question. Yeah. You know, this era we live in, they talk about the GOATs. Yeah. And they talk about Michael. LeBron, they talk about Kobe. Do you get upset that your name is not mentioned? Because for all the people that's watching, you invented all this. You, you see this off. big house? That's you. You see all these goddamn cars I'm driving? That's you. You see all the fancy suits I'm wearing? That's because of you. So I get upset when they don't mention your name. Do you get upset when people don't, don't even say your name, this, this younger generation? Well, what happens is uh, my nephew, who you know, Barry, he uh, he sometimes give me a call and he said they did it again. Did what? They left you out. <laughs> and I'm just like, get used to it. You know, we just uh, happened to be, to, we preceded 
the era in basketball of the really, really big money, mm -hmm. really, really big hype, the things associated with the international game. And I, you know, I was like one of the first to go over to China and go over to England. And you were the first. And play. And everywhere I went, they, they said, the Globetrotters were here. Can you spin the finger on your ball? Can you spin the ball on your finger? And I'm like, no, I ain't too good at that, but I could do this. Right, and then right. I showed them, you know, the stuff that I could do. So uh, I think that in time, you know, justice will be done, but I can't lose no sleep over right. something that I didn't have or that I don't have. You know, I've been blessed in so many ways. You know, my family, my friends, uh, my associates, the opportunities that I have. I've been blessed in so many ways, man. I ain't got that time for no nonsense. Yeah, but that upsets me because it upsets me because you paved the way. So, like, Charles Barkley always called me Petty Way. They talking about all these big men. I have to let people know, no. I was the first big to bring that up coast to coast with style. Like, I wasn't the first big, the big seven driller. I was the first big dude with style because of him and Matt to bring it up. So, let, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just let you know I'm always keep your name alive because if, if it wasn't for you, it wouldn't have been no magic. If it wasn't for you, you and Magic, it wouldn't have been no Mike. If it wasn't for you, Magic, and Mike, it wouldn't have been no me, no Kobe, no Brown. So, I just want to let you know. Ever since you signed this ball for me, you, you remember that day? Yeah, man. Yeah, remember that day? Thing about us. Yeah, yeah. You know. So I, 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 I just want to every day, but when we do, I mean, it's an occasion. It's you know, it's it's a special time because of the things that you do and you say, and you know the way you help to keep my name alive and whatever. And I try to reciprocate. You know, I talk about the big diesel. So that was the first time I, I saw him play. Mm -hmm. Second time I met him, I thought I was dead. Oh. Would you like to hear the story? Yes. No, no, for real. I thought I was dead. So this was in LSU my junior year. <laughs> I know I'm going pro. I know I'm going pro. So Coach Brown had this thing, if you miss class, you're going to have to run. Right. So I had the triple OG lock on my door. So I'm in school one day. I had an 8 o'clock class. I was like, I only got two months. I'm not going. Bro, I was sleeping. And Dr. J was in my room when he put his hand on my chest. And he woke me up. That was my first time physically meeting him. He was in my room, and he said, hey, man, Coach Brown said meet him at the track. Ooh. I was like this. I was like, what? And when I looked up, it was him. I thought I was dead, bro. I looked up, and I was like, because, you know, real you know, got them big hands. Right. So he put his hand on my I'm like, I was like, in my mind, I was like, I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm dead here in LSU because, right. you know, night before I don't drink, but right. I had a few. I had a little yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So he said, hey, man, Coach Brown said meet him at the check. So that was the first time I met Dr. J. Oh, that was awesome. I was, I was trying to recruit him for Converse. Mm. And uh, they sent me down, set it up. Coach Brown, you know, gave me access to the room. He said, go on in there. He, he'd probably just rest him, but tell him he's going to have to run, mm. you know, because he knows, he knows the rules here. So I went there to talk to him about Converse. Right. And, uh, you know, that, that little incident happened. It's, it seems like it sticks, sticks with them all, right. all these years. You Dr. J, man. Yeah, man. But you, I, I think the younger generation don't see this enough. Like, even if you look at it, I'm, I don't play ball, but if I was to be the newbie, it'd be, it'd be three different generations of ball players. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we don't do as a culture, we don't spread our history. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know of you. That's why the first thing I said to you was, it's an honor to even, now I can go tell my kids, I met Dr. J, somebody who inspired somebody that I yeah. think 
that's probably one of the greatest of my generation is AI. Yeah. So it's so many before AI is yeah. that you have to go even pay attention and to acknowledge yeah. why AI is even AI. Yeah. Just like you said, every anything saucing, all that <laughs> come from one person, one pioneer. Yeah. And who is that? That's you, sir. And Dr. J. Yeah. Anything saucing. I can't. I can't just let y'all. Totally get away with that, cause there was guys before nope, me. Nope, nope. I don't want to hear that, Doc. That woke me up. I put them no. on, put it on the pedestal. Yeah, man, no, they, they, they woke nope. me up. I nope. mean, I, you know, I, when I Doc. saw Elgin Baylor play, okay, Doc, said, man, you got to give Elgin props. Uh, when I saw Elgin no Baylor play, no disrespect I went, to Elgin, I, I never I seen. I went Elgin. out to the park, right, and I said to see if I could do that, right, go from this side of the basket to that side of the basket. I right? never seen down handle. Never seen Elgin. I never seen Pee Wee Kirkland. All them stories. Elgin Baylor, Connie Hawkins. Nope. So back then, when it was when so I, when fundamental. When I came up, when I was a teenager, they started calling me Lil' Hawk. I was like, why you call me that? Right. He said, because there's a guy named Connie Hawkins, and he could pick the ball up off the dribble and do this, what you doing. And right. I hadn't seen him do it. I right. understand what you're saying. Like, but I understand what you're saying. Like, but I got to give him credit. I understand what you're saying. There's a lot of shacks and all that, but you had that, that, that extra to bring it out. Right. There's a lot of seven foot I can do what I do, but I was the first to yeah. bring it up. So, yeah, yeah, so you, I mean, on stage. So, from a generation when basketball was fundamental, like it was like, all right, there's only one way to do this layup now. That's how everybody's seen it. Yeah. Were you a little bit apprehensive when it comes from doing something that maybe you wanted to do that probably went against the lead, but you really weren't doing nothing wrong? You just add no, a little flavor no, you, to you it. Wasn't, and, and the recognition of it you know, came from, like, when I was a freshman in high school, you know, a fresh, I played freshman basketball, then I got moved up to the JV, then I got moved up to varsity for a couple games, you know, mm -hmm. at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. And I got the ball in the baseline, and I went under the basket and did this. And they made a big deal about it. I scored two points in the game. Right. <laughs> and, and in the newspaper the next day, they spelled my name I-R-V-I-N-G. So they didn't even spell my name right. Right. <laughs> so, so I was really unknown. Right, right, right. But that play... That play uh, garnered a whole lot of attention. And I didn't know exactly why until, you know, it got repeated a few times and from both sides and so on and so forth. And, and my coach, he said to me, the varsity coach, he said, man, you came down on the break and you jumped like from the foul line. And he said, I said, oh, my God, he ain't going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't make it, but I flipped it. Right, right, right. <laughs> flipped it and, it and it went in. And, uh, you know, just things like that. I guess it was my destiny, it was right. God influencing uh, my life. And, uh, and I just kept plugging away, because I, I never told you, man, but I, I had a bad injury when I was about 10 or 11 years old. Hmm. And I was playing football, <laughs> just like you. And you I went out football? for a pass. I went out for a pass. This is schoolyard football. Right. I, I played in high school and junior high, you know, all that. But this is playing in the schoolyard. And uh, I tripped and I fell and I dragged my knee through some broken glass mm. that was out there some, from a bottle of remember, wine or beer or soda or whatever. And it just ripped my knee and it, and it severed the ligaments in my knee. And I got back home. And my mom put alcohol in the wound. 
Yes, moms would do. Everything was alcohol. <laughs> put alcohol. I that one out put, yeah, you don't know nothing about alcohol. You don't know nothing about like, that. Are you, to, are you trying to kill me? <laughs> so how did Parasite that one out? <laughs> but, but that's how that's how they knew how to clean it. Right. And uh, then we went to the doctor's office. Doctor said, "No, you got to take your son to the hospital." You know. So I went to the hospital, and the ligament had been severed on my knee. Mm. So you know, they stitched me up and they put me in a cast, and I had a cast. Uh, it was probably two months, you know, better part of two months, maybe three months or whatever. And when I got that cast taken off, man, I looked at my leg and it looked like I had a three arms and one leg because everything had atrophied mm-hmm. on this side. Mm-hmm. And then that was like the big comeback, you know, to come back from that. That was the worst injury that I ever had. And, and it was one that, you know, let me know how vulnerable you are in sports and athletics, so don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't, mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. say it's, you know, the pros or nothing. You know, you just had to deal with life and the realities of life. Right. And that, that injury, man, you know, when I show people that scar, they said, man, you was only a little kid when that happened. I said, right. yeah, but that scar, is, that scar means something to me. Mm-hmm. And it kept you focused. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Adam. For, that's correct. I didn't know that story because yeah, I either. have talked to Dominique Wilkins before and when Dominique was a kid, he cut his knee with glass as well and he told me that part of the reason he could jump so high was rehabbing from that. So like, I'm kind of blown away with that. My, my question for Dr. J was, off the court, I've seen so many people give you credit for giving them like style and class. Like Charles Barkley always tells me that like dealing with fans was because of you or like the way MJ would dress was from you. Where did your style come from? Like who gave you that? Well, you know what? My first wife, <laughs> she wouldn't let me leave the house unless everything was just right. She said, you know, you represent the family when you leave the house. So you can't wear that. <laughs> and she was uh, serious about it. Uh, I had the same agent as Clyde Frazier. So, you know, Clyde Frazier was Mr. Cool and, and uh, you know, Clyde took me shopping a few different times. So I wouldn't exactly buy what he got, but I'd get my own version <laughs> right, of it. Because right, 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 Clyde, right. Clyde was just on another, another level. And he's an Atlanta guy too. So we were, we were up there in New York hitting stores and Clyde is like, yeah, man, get that, get that. And I was like, I'm like, nah, man, I'm, I'm gonna get the, <laughs> right. get the, the uh, the classy version of it, <laughs> <laughs> not the gangster version of it. You got the Rolls Royce. I'm out here driving a truck. You know? <laughs> so, so we had fun with that, and and uh, you know, those are those are two really good influences. And I guess, you know, you have to credit yourself for because you're putting it on and you you wearing it, and you and you sometimes have to represent what you're wearing. And especially in the 70s, you know, when the fro was big and the platform shoes and the bell bottoms and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I had I had this image of Dr. J on the court and Dr. J off the court. And I didn't want to be Dr. J off the court. Right. You know, I wanted to be Julius Irving. So I had to tone down, you know, a lot of my dress so people would address me as Mr. Irving or J.W. or Julius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you heard Shaq, I, I, I want to say something to D.C. As he's telling that story, Dr. J, and, he's, and I think about those iconic pictures of, like, Rucker Park, where there's, like, all those people out there, and, and Dr. J is known as Black Moses. Like, <laughs> I would love to see D.C. Youngfly and his guys do a movie 
like of that era of basketball. Come I just on, think they would do it on. so well. Production. Oh, let's do it. Production. <laughs> let's do let's it. Go ahead and get a Dr. J movie in. Come on. Teeth the finger round. No thing but a chicken wing. Hey, right? that's what I'm trying to tell you. But yeah. see, I think everybody kind of like added to the culture. And, and like you said, we have to continue to show the younger generation like where we come from for real. Where a little bit of everything come from. Like, yeah, I, I mess with AI. Yes, I mess with Mike. Yes, I mess with Kobe. But it's like, my IQ of basketball stops there. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the younger generation, it stops like yeah. right there. And it's like, it be so yeah. much before that. It's the reason why you see a LeBron James. You yeah. see all these greats now. And it's like, mm -hmm. who inspired them? Yeah, the powers that be, I, I, that was probably, uh, it was during your era, Shaq, when, uh, <clears throat> Uh, NBC had the contract or whatever, and and they they didn't want to go before 1992. Game, makes yeah. a lot of sense. The game, the game, pro game started in 1947, right? And it started being televised consistently in the late 50s, early 60s, mm -hmm. and whatever. And in 92, I I left basketball in 1987. ESPN didn't exist. Mm. Or whatever. So, you know, the highlights, the shots of the week, plays of the day and all that. You know, that stuff didn't exist, man. That stuff was after 1992. So there's a lot of people, generationally speaking, who think the league started in 1992. Mm. But it started considerably before then. This episode of The Big Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. As someone who has found success through teamwork, I've seen the benefits of letting others help me. It's a big part of my daily self-care routine. And speaking of self-care, my friends at BetterHelp want to help you. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. It's easy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch to therapists anytime for no additional change. So become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Shaq today. That's BetterHelp.com slash Shaq. DC, I want to... I know I called you. Uh, again, I want to express my condolences. I appreciate it. We've all had tragic loss. I was there when Doc lost his son. Doc was there when I lost my sister, and I just want to say, uh, again, my condolences. And how you been feeling, brother? I've been feeling feeling, feeling blessed, and my condolences to, to you guys as well. You know, just staying prayed up, just, you know, keeping my energy correct, you know what I mean, living righteous, making sure that I continue to be around, you know, Genuine people like you guys, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not hard to to give off good energy, especially like you said, I've seen you, but I haven't physically seen you. I've seen clips. I've seen yeah. how you've inspired others. So just to be in your presence, it was like, I've heard so many great things about you. Hopefully I don't let you down. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't, but it's just like, it's the same way. When like you get saying. around somebody, you know, who you admire, idolize or whatever, and you know, it, it can be a letdown real quick. It can, because you they don't can, know them. They can just flip you the bird and say, you know, I'm busy. But it's more so, but it's more so I, I, I admire what you did for the culture. I understand it because like you said, when you get off the court, you want to be Mr. Julius Irvin. Yeah. When I get off the stage, 
I'm John Whitfield. I'm not DC Young Fly. Who that? What's your name? Who's John Whitfield. Who's that? Again? <laughs> Man, don't do that. Don't do what? that. What? I, I got what? respect for you, but you get two more. That's one. Oh, hold on. You get two hold more on. now. Hold on. That's your name one. is what? John what? Man, he said Whitfield. My, my middle oh, name is no. my middle name is Winfield. Oh, oh hell, hell. Yeah, we good. I was not. I the one back that's, that's my W. I was right not there. expecting that. I get three. Say that one more time. Your name is Shaquille O'Neal. Like your name Ryan, big lad boy. <laughs> I ain't never met nobody named Ryan. Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> First time I met him, he said a joke about me, and I jumped to the DM. He thought I was mad. I was like, give you a number. He said, my bad, OJ. I was like, no, nah, man, it was funny. Keep it going. I'm like, my bad, I ain't because I wasn't familiar with who he was, and he, he, went, he went in on me. Yeah, so he was, was like, sitting in the front row yeah. down, down in Miami. No, he was no, no. roasting. No, no. Oh, he was roasting. Yeah, he was roast, roasting him. Oh. Yeah, I took yeah. a picture of roast. Yeah, so I hit him in the DM. I was like, that was funny. He was like, my bad, OJ. I was like, what's your number? You know, acting like I was mad at him. So I called him. He's like, OJ. I was like, bro, you ain't never got to apologize it was funny. I want to wish yeah. you luck in your career. And ever since then, brother, you've been on your way. I appreciate that, bro. So this you don't make no sense right here, though. I ain't gonna lie to you. John Whitfield. Yeah, I damn. <laughs> <laughs> no you play. See, I thought I was gonna play NBA, but when I see people like y'all, I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> ain't one nowhere in hell. I'm gonna be out there. With you. <laughs> Just be over there jacking it up. What? <laughs> so you, so you born and raised here in Atlanta? Westside, born and raised. Atlanta, Georgia. So how'd you get into the comedy space? Uh, you know, I uh, I always been had a had a certain personality, but shout out to my boy Fat and Paid, Money Bad Mafia, US twenty five hundred. We uh we was on Vine back then and my boy Fat and Paid put me on uh an app called Vine and once Is Vine, Vine still up? No, no. It was it was hot. It was one to one. Like you should have got on it. Then right. when if you weren't on it, you just hear all the stories about it. <laughs> right. It was lit. It was super lit. It was. It's like a new modern, an older TikTok. Put it like that. Got it. With, without all the extra, and it was like a small, quiet society, but it was loaded though with millions of people. But it wasn't just broadened like that. Was it? Was it better than MySpace? I wasn't a MySpacer. Oh, you I wasn't? I didn't like to click on somebody's page and then everything started popping up. They looked like viruses to me. It, and it was words going across the screen and music playing. I ain't my know if I was going to be in here. I'm like, I don't even know who I'm looking at. Like, yeah. My <laughs> had glitter on it. I ain't going to lie. It did. Had glitter? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Glitter. What you saying? You had your raps in there? <laughs> yeah. My name's Shaquille O'Neal. You were like, I can't even hear this. What is this? <laughs> but nah, I just, I just, you know what I'm saying? We started doing Vine and then I went to Instagram and then once Instagram popped, that's when the Wild and Out popped and then, you know, everything started, started transitioning and I was just asking God to guide my footsteps and then, you know, if things start going good, it's like, all right, why, why do something else that's different? So I'm never scared to do nothing out the norm. It's never was out the norm because I come from Renaissance. I come from theater. It was just this part of theater where it was like, all right, stand-up comedian. I'm like, no, I know how to be funny in an environment or you put me in a scenario with somebody. But it was like, no, be funny by yourself, grasp the crowd, go tell a joke. And I'm like, I ain't never did that. Let me go find out what that is. Let me go study that. Who was here? That's why I say, who was here before me? Mm -hmm. Because I see... 
comedians that <clears throat> probably wasn't my favorite when I was uh, mm. on the other side as a consumer of saying, this was somebody I would go see who's funny to me. Yeah. But now we in the same craft. I got to know what you did here. The reason why you are great. So now as I get older, I understand the importance of you. So now I can, what you say, I can, I can relate to your comedy now. Now you, I find your comedy funny because we're in the same path and I can relate to why you are great because I see myself going down that same path. Who, who's the king of comedy? King? Yeah. Ah, ain't no, well, I would say, ain't no king because a lot of people are great. All right, well, like it's a lot of basketball players. All right, well, top five then, you're starting five. My top five. Yeah, point Bernie guard. Mack. At the point guard? Bernie, Bernie Mack. Okay. Ber if anything, Bernie Mack, the head coach. We don't really need no team because he can go out there and suit up, play all positions. But you know, he got to have a team. So I'm going to say Bernie Mac, the head coach. Uh, matter of fact, right, they're going to be the head coach. Richard Pryor going to be the head coach. Got right. it. Richard Pryor, the head coach. Bernie Mac going to play point guard. That's why I won't mm -hmm. take him up the, the floor. He's going to bring the ball down. <laughs> all right. Who's going to be my two guard? Uh, come on. I'm going to go with Mike Yell. Mike Gilt gonna be Ooh, my two guard. Yeah. He going, he, he's a funny. A big in, guard too. He's funny in person. Yes, he a big guard it's too. Like it's a difference. Like every mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. I'm like, I wanna be great, like how OG is great mm -hmm. and still correlate with the younger generation and with his generation, but it's like, it's effortless. You know what I'm saying? It's effortless. Um, Let me see. After him, it would be Robin Harris. Cool. That's yeah. the three. That's yeah. somebody like a small forward. Yeah. He could play a power forward if I put him there. And he could play center. And he could bring the ball <laughs> up. But he like a LeBron. I only want him at small forward. Mm. Only. Because ain't nobody guard LeBron at small forward. He just can play all positions. But he's the best small forward of all time. Okay. Hmm. Robin Harris at my small forward. Right. Who going to go to my power forward? My power. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Two more. No, 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 no. Yeah, you get the fifth man. How you gonna cat? get six I'm gonna more? I'm gonna say cat. At the at the say four. That's respect. At the four, cat will. Four because okay. he like he like a dinner rod. I might don't need you to score. I just want rebound. Right. Mm. Just give me number rebound. I want number rebound. Over and over. And he the type that he come out and give you number haymaker. That's all I need. I don't need you to say nothing in the middle. He's so raw. <laughs> right, See, yeah. he sit there and say nothing, and he be yeah. like, oh, that was funny. That's all I need. Mm. And my cinnamon, I would go with Bill Cosby. There you go. Wow. There you go. You know why? I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, me neither. You know why? Because <laughs> he on my list. You know why? <laughs> I'm because I'm I realized who inspired Richard Pryor. Yeah. yeah. It was Bill Cosby. Who inspired Richard Pryor? And once you see, oh, like you say, you see who he got it from, and you see yeah. who, and you like, okay, I met with you, Richard. Bruh. But then we be like, Bill, you like, mm. Bill, Richard got it from. So you started it, okay? Yeah. Let me dig in a little deeper. You know what his line was, but because I've seen both of them, and I had a great relationship with Bill Cosby for many years, right? But uh, and I went to see Richard. And he said, man, Bill Cosby, you need to have a coke and a smile and shut the 
up. <laughs> I'm thinking, why did he say that? Right, you know, right. Obviously, he was just getting a joke and right, getting right. everybody's attention. Right, right. Whatever, but it stuck with me a long time. Right. right. I said, he mad I, at, is I, he mad at Bill? I definitely, I definitely, I definitely watch Bill. But see, I come from theater, so I, I only like to watch people who can gravitate to the audience quick, ASAP, and bring them to them. So once I seen what Bill did, I was like, oh, it's past, like, being a stand-up. He's an Oh, yeah. Actor. No, 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 no. Yeah. Wow, he was being no, he's a stand-up. A he's a storyteller. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard a lot of these lists, and I know that DC is a fan of this guy, and I know that Shaq's a fan of this guy, and you said Bill, and I don't normally say he's not getting enough love. Jim Carrey needs to be on one of these lists. I didn't, you didn't get to my bitch. Oh, okay. <laughs> my bitch low. I'm a man. My bitch loaded. You talking about Jim Carrey, Tony Robert, Carlo Miller, Chico Bean? Uh, uh, we got some more. I got girls on my team too. Yeah. Some more. She bad. Adam, it's a, it's an impossible task. It's an impossible. Adam, to to really. I love how you stuck up for the white guys. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it, brother. I had to. <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, to be honest, Jim Carrey probably my favorite white guy. <laughs> That made you, damn, that was a sigh of relief or what? <laughs> you felt like you was hurt. <laughs> like there's only room for one. <sighs> it's only one spot. I'm noticing a trend right now at Atlanta Hawks games. I saw you getting Donovan Mitchell's jersey. I saw Boosie getting Luka's 73-point jersey. That was crazy. One, I'm seeing Atlanta Hawks game become like the most fun game in the NBA. But I'm also seeing all of you guys courtside trying to get jerseys at the end of this game. Is this like a competition that's brewing? Ain't no, stop stop telling the people what we doing, bruh. <laughs> now you're going to make it a trend. Like, hey, bruh, stop <laughs> telling them that's exactly what we doing. I just said that last night. I'm on my 10th jersey. I'm trying to collect. <laughs> then what? I'm down there like this. Take it off. <laughs> Four quarter. Give me that. <laughs> Two, three of them. I'm walking out there with two, three of them a night. Because you know what it is? You know what it is? It's just bringing, we want to bring the excitement back to the game, bro. Like, we, we're fans of yeah. the NBA players. And the NBA players is fans of If you can participate, that's Yeah, the, I want to participate. That's one way of it's participating. Like competition. Yeah. I want them to, every time you shoot a three, every time you dunk, I want you to turn around and I'm sitting there like, yes, do that again. You dig what I'm saying? And when you come to my show and when you see us acting crazy and you laughing, that's support. That's saying, okay, you like that joke? Oh, my butt like that. Oh, I got another one for you. You dig what I'm saying? So we just want to reciprocate that love. <clears throat> like, we love it. Like, I know I say, I wish I would have seen y'all play. So were you there when Luca hit 73? Man, I was watching it on my phone. And were you in the building with Joe, when Joel hit 70? No, no, I saw the I saw the game on TV. All right, so what do you think about all this all this high scoring? And you know, and you know, second, I just got asked that. Before question. you answer, and the second part of the question, you think they would have did that in your era and my era? Same guys. Um, yeah, I mean, it was doable. Uh, the Elgin Baylor, who I mentioned, he scored eighty-one. You know, obviously, Wilt scored a hundred. <clears throat> my high game was sixty-three. You saying that like that's a twenty point game? <laughs> like, yeah, my high was sixty three. That's, that's uh, the same thing. Yeah, it was coming up on fifty years, you know. <laughs> that, was 19, been, been, that was nineteen seventy four. It was a different era too. So, so I think I, I got asked why. 
And I got asked why from a basketball person. She happened to be a female. And she happened to be coming into town with the Phoenix Suns because she does the games, Annie Myers Drysdale, who's a good friend of mine. And she asked me, and I said, well, two things I could think of. One is basketball right now, definitely the players are running the show. They're running the show. And so if a guy gets it going, coach go to take him out, he could say, he could flip him bird, whatever, say, nah, I ain't coming out, <laughs> and, you know, and, and get away with it. And then the other thing is it probably won't happen if you have a uh, coach who is a superstar in the league. Mm. Right. You know, he's going he's gonna to monitor that situation a little bit different because I had that personal experience, you know, with my coach who was, who was a superstar, who's an all-pro, who's a Hall of Famer and whatever. And sometime I had 35 after three quarters. I wouldn't even play in the fourth quarter and whatever. And he had the record in the building. <laughs> and I was like, mm. all right, it is what it is. And then we, we had a conversation about it. I want you to be rested for the playoffs. Yeah. I want yeah, you to that be rested one. for the playoffs. I'm yeah, sure you that heard one. that. Yes, I have. Time. When you was rolling yeah. and whatever, man, you got to get some rest for the playoffs. Playoffs, you can get knocked out in the first round. Right. You could be well rested up for the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> is it true Charles Barkley told you? You know, you, you know Charles is a big fibber. He told us that he told you when he got there, he said, I went up to Dr. J and said, this is my team. Is that true or not? Hey, he never said that. Oh, okay, <laughs> Why good. Why would he be lying? Yeah, you Charles, you're lying. Irving. Mother, what are you yeah. talking about? Yeah, see? Okay, see. He, he, called, me, he, called, me Mr. he called me Mr. Irving. And, and I seen Dr. J and I told him. <laughs> I, <mean, laughs> I want to be just like him. <laughs> word for word. No, you know, I always welcome rookies in with open arms, want to, you know, feel comfortable and whatever. But, you know, Charles didn't come in in the takeover mode because Moses was there, I was there, Bobby Jones was there, uh, Maurice Cheeks, Andrew Tony, And we got guys who are Hall of Famers just like him who were there before him or whatever. So it, I think it took him a, a minute, you know, in his first three years before he, they sent him to Phoenix, you know, that third year is when he, when he arrived as – Sir Charles. So I said on the podcast last week that I hazed Kobe one time and like the FBI came down. Did you haze Barkley? Did I haze him? Yeah, did you haze him? <laughs> or As a rookie. On camera or hazing like no, hazing? Like, no, no. <laughs> not haze, haze. Like, you know, uh, you know, go get the, go get the, get the water, water and donuts and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think we were a little beyond that. Him and, him and uh, Frankie Edwards came in together. Okay. So they were the two rookies. And, you know, we didn't give them too hard a time because we were really a, a veteran team mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, we didn't even know Charles was going to be a starter because he had Mark, Mark Ivoroni playing ahead of him. And then he showed his stuff in practice because I saw one time he, he had this thing where he would get on the baseline and then he would just start backing up. And, you know, he was wearing about 280 or whatever, he started backing up. So whoever was behind him was getting pushed all the way to the foul line. Right. And that's how he got a lot of rebounds. And, you know, we, we noticed and said, hey, man, it's effective. And actually, Jane, uh, Paul Silas used to do the same thing. So I don't know whether he got it from Paul Silas or he invented it himself, but it worked. I got rats and roaches like crips and bloods in my house, man. <laughs> Be crawled by shootings all the time. I come home for work out to break up fights. Oh, y'all, let it go, let it go. I always wanted to ask you this. Like, you know, there's a lot of comparisons made. 
get upset when they make the Chris Tucker comparison? Mm-mm. I'd rather be compared to somebody great than somebody who ain't doing nothing. So thank you. But you know, it's it's a it's a it's a dialect. And I understand when people who not from Atlanta may not understand the way we talk and our mannerism. They're just like two comedians from New Orleans. You will swear they the same cause they talk the same. You like, no, they from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. That's just how they talk. Mm-hmm. And when people used to tell me when I was coming up, they were like, you remind me of Chris Tucker. I didn't know who he was at first mm-hmm. until I went to go watch one of his movies cause we ain't had no cave, we ain't no deep. Like that's one of the ones like you gotta wait and figure out right. how I'm gonna find out who, in, you ain't got no internet. I'm like, who is this person they keep telling me? Mm-hmm. I act like, I got to find out who he is. We ain't going to no movies. So I don't right. even know nothing, no nothing. Can't afford no DVDs on the streets. <laughs> and I come across a Friday movie and put the DVD in, I was like, let me see. And when he came on, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I gotta see what it's getting from, okay? Yeah. But then when I got older, like middle school, I saw Money Talk. Oh. Uh, when I say yeah. ask me in real life. Yep. Like, what you mean, yep? I keep forgetting you here. <laughs> <laughs> like, every time I hear something, I'm like, yep. I'm like, is somebody phone on? Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> say something, every blue moon. Just say something. <laughs> Let us know. Well, I, you know what, DC? I'll Breathe. give you this credit. I knew you were going to be a star I when I heard you scream because. I've only seen Chris Tucker and Will Smith do that comedic yell, right. and you did it, and I was like, this kid has it. Like, that was when I knew you had it, bro. I appreciate it, my boy. That's crazy. That's the only thing you find talent is me screaming. <laughs> <laughs> me being terrified. <laughs> God damn. Thank you. <laughs> no, I appreciate well, listen, it. Listen, I'll go, I'll go back to Dr. J on right now, because my <laughs> doctor, I... What's the question? I, I saw a clip of you facing Kareem one-on-one. Yeah. And I know that that was an event. I just saw that, too. we could bring a one-on-one tournament to today's NBA? That's real basketball, too. Uh, you know, I, I think you, you won't get all the top players to be involved in it, but the next level, you know, so let's say if there's 500 players, you know, you got 250 candidates there, but there's, there's a whole bunch who – who won't do it, the Eagles are not going to allow it. And uh, that's why, you know, you don't get sometimes the, uh, the greatest dunkers in the, in the game in the dunk contest. Because they're just like, I, I ain't trying to come in second or third or fourth. And, uh, you know, because it, it's about the brand right now. They, they don't want to do anything to diminish the brand. But Shaq, why are they afraid of losing when if you win, you could become a star? Because they don't, because they're afraid of competition. They're already a star. And the reason why Mac McClung won last year because he wants to be a competitor. He's not at the NBA left uh, yet, and he wasn't afraid of the competition. And I knew he was going to win. That's why they got the clip of me saying, "Let these people know who you are. Let them know your name." And like they tried to give me flack. Oh, you didn't know his name. I knew his name, but you guys didn't know his name. So it's a shame that you know our biggest stars. Are afraid of competition. I started watching dunk contests because of this man. I'm just gonna say, how y'all, After how y'all, he left, Dominique and Mike took it over. How y'all feel about and then Vince chasing the money instead of chasing the fight to be a champion. Like, don't get me wrong, the money is there, but it's like y'all don't want to be champions. My thing with that is they don't pay homage and show respect. Mm. I wouldn't be able to make forty million without him. Mm-hmm. 
Magic wouldn't be able to sign 25 for 25. When I was in high school and I saw that 25 for 25, I was like, oh my God. You see me crying? I see you. I'm yeah, you see me crying? I was like, bro, that 25 or 25, I was like, man, if he can 20, a million a year, I can get 600,000. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I came, it was 40 million. So, you know, get your money, do your thing, but you have to respect the game right. and, you know, respect them. Like, you know, they got, like, you know, they got all these lists now. Right. When I went to the All-Star game and got respected by them, I don't give a f about no lists. Right. Dr. J said, I like your game. Like when I was in Orlando, a lot of people don't know this, and I was getting ready to leave. Who do you think I called? I only called one man. I didn't call my mama, I didn't call my daddy, I called one man. This man right here. I said, Doc, I got an opportunity. They not doing this, but the bang, but the bang. And you know what Doc said? Doc said, follow your heart, young fella. Because Doc was living in Orlando next door to my parents. Yeah, it was... We Next two, door. Two hours away. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, was, one house. It was one house in between yeah, us. Yeah, that's right, it was. Yeah, yeah one house right in there. Us. So I called Doc. I was like, Doc, they, I want this. They not giving it to me. The other people have to give me $100 million. Doc didn't say, go get the $100 million. Doc said, Shaq, I'm, I'm a fan of yours. I love how the way you play. That's all I needed right there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he said, hey, man, follow your heart. So I, I, I went to go to L.A. But the guys are chasing the money. Get your money, but at least respect the game. Right. Play hard. Into the dunk contest. Right. You know? The reason why I like Fish to Save Pittsburgh because it was entertaining. Right. And my father taught me when you when 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 people pay you to, to perform, right. entertain. Entertain. That's how I'm telling you are in the NBA entertain. Entertain. That's why I love it when y'all dunk and be going crazy. I'm like, listen, bro, I can go see people play basketball all day. They playing at church, they playing at the rec league, they playing. I just got through playing. <laughs> but we ain't nothing like y'all. It's a reason why y'all here, and it's a little bit of something. We just be wanting to see that. Like, I didn't get a chance to see Michael Jordan. I didn't get a chance to see you. I didn't get a chance to see you. So when I actually see people that give me a, a little bit of what you did, what you did, what Mike did, I'd be like, oh, so these are the conversations that I want to be a part of in the barbershop talk when, when we talking. Oh, you wasn't that when you seen him. I just got to sit here and... Mm. And just listen. We have the perfect person to answer the question. Dr. J, what would it have been like if Shaq faced off against Wilt Chamberlain? Mm. Ooh, yeah, boy. You want me to answer for you, Doc? I'll make you mad. <laughs> no, let him answer. Go ahead. Uh, you want to give yours and then I'll give mine? Yeah, I'm going to give my out of bus Wilt. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> How about that? So, you no, know, no, could no. No, because you know why? Because I looked over and I'd have seen him playing with my idol, and that would have pissed me the off. There you go. And that would have pissed me off. So and I'd have been like, Doc, you playing with that, and you yeah. and you ain't playing with me. Watch this, Will. In the first <laughs> play of the game, I'm gonna try to knock his teeth out of his mouth. How about that? Go ahead, Doc. You may I answer. Don't, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> if anything needs to be said. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, obviously they were different eras, but the all the all the diversification that was in Shaq's game, mm -hmm. or whatever, would have made for a very very tough matchup for Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain constantly played against Bill Russell, and he dominated Bill Russell, but Russell's team won the game. You know, so 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 with Shaquille, now would it be a matter of who wins the matchup? or who wins the game, mm -hmm. you know, because Russell is definitely on my list of all-time greats in my top five, 
in that in that list of five that I made when I was 15 years old mm-hmm. uh, or whatever. But I got Chamberlain in there too, and I got Elgin Baylor as the aforementioned, mm-hmm. and I got Oscar Robertson and Jerry West. Ooh. So there's some people don't even know, you know, they can't remember those names or what those guys did. But when I was 15, those are the ones that I identified with because that was 1965, and they were the men in the game. They were the best in the game. Shaq versus Wilt, man, that's, that's a question for the ages. Like Shaq said, he, he, he would take no prisoners. Right. You know, he knows all the records that Wilt has. He knows the records that he has or whatever. It ain't about the stats in that particular game. I think right. it's about, you know, being blessed with the opportunity to see two giants of the game and they could be 1-2 or 2-1, depends on who you're talking to, on the court at the same time. You know, lot, that, that would be a fantasy. A lot of people don't know about this about me. I'm petty. So when I was playing, I was getting close to the world Chamberlain. I wanted to pass him up in points. I already passed him up in championship, but I wanted to pass him up in points because I was going, go, going to go on TV and angrily say, I'm the most dominant big man ever. See, there's a lot of titles out there, the greatest of all time. I never wanted those titles. I wanted the title of most dominant, most feared. So, you know, because I missed 5,000 free throws, because I missed 250 games, I was, I'm only like 2,000 points away, but I wanted to like play one or two more years to pass them up because I was going to say, I'm the most dominant big man ever. I don't want to hear nobody else's name. So now, like when they say most dominant is me and him and, you know, a couple other guys, I, I don't mind that, but. That's my only regret with me playing the game. So, Doc, I... Yeah, this, this, you, leave, you leave stuff on the table, man. It's yeah. With negotiations and business deals or whatever, you know, it's okay to leave stuff on the table, get the deal that you dealt, and and uh, go ahead and make the best of that. And Do you get... Don't have regrets. Yeah. Have stuff that you can't change. I wish I had the Steph Curry jumper. <laughs> right. <laughs> no problem was, like, you just couldn't see? <laughs> like, you right there? I know one thing. I know one thing. If I lift weights, right, I go to the foul line and shoot air balls. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I cannot. I cannot lift weights. Like and anytime I saw somebody with a flaw in their free throw game, I think too strong. Too, hey, too, too, thank too, you, Doc. Yeah, too strong. The, there, was, there was a reason. You were the. <laughs> there was a reason, <laughs> man. Of all time, but you know. <laughs> Free throw line. <laughs> you like, man, you I ain't even trying to get fouled. <laughs> no, that's been that's been seven. No, I ain't got nothing to do with it. Shaq could take some fouls. <laughs> you dyslexic. I am. Oh, that's the problem. No, I am for real. Yeah, that, that I don't listen, I come from an era we don't make excuses. I, but you know the crazy thing about Y'all me. I got a cure for sciatica since everybody gonna fix his free throw. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> <laughs> But can I, OG, I, I want to hear one of these Jerry West stories because I know Jerry West. Mm-hmm. Before there was a stiff and pure shooters. Yeah. I know on the game, that's, I figured out who Jerry West was on the game. Okay. I'm playing the game. And oh, I'm like, on the game. Yeah, you didn't know. White boy. Huh? Every time I shoot, yeah. he is phenomenal. Yeah. And my sliders went up. That's how he played, too. It was up just I a little mean, bit, but it went up too quick. I mean, they always, they lost the championship to Boston probably like seven times, maybe eight times, because Boston won like 11 times mm-hmm. in Bill Russell's 13 years. Mm-hmm. L.A. was the victim most of the times, and Jerry West was the victim. And in one of those series, 
he was the MVP of the series. And they lost. And the team yeah. lost the series to Boston. So how crazy was that? So that shows how, how good he was. Right. And uh, I remember when they played the Knicks and, and Willis Reed, Clyde Frazier, you know, Knicks had a great team, mm -hmm. whatever. And, and uh, they, played, uh, they played Los Angeles. Wilt was playing with Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And there was one game, there was no three-point line. Mm -hmm. Jerry West came over half court and let it fly like Steph Curry. He let it fly and went in, and he ran back. I was like, Psh. once it went in, it was up. I said, this man, he, 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 he got heart. He ain't got no fear mm -hmm. and whatever. And in matchup situations or whatever, you're going to have your hands full if you have to play against him. So him and Oscar Robertson, they, mm. they were a tandem. And he always had a lot of respect for Oscar Robinson because he talks about them playing in the Olympics together, maybe mm -hmm. like in 64 or whatever. And the USA had a real dominant team because they had those two and a bunch of other guys mm -hmm. or whatever. But, uh, but Jerry West, man, all-time all -time great and still a basketball guy like Pat Riley. I mean, I don't know where they get the training from, but they just stay in basketball. Right. And you know, and they hate to lose. Jerry, Jerry was the reason why I got to the Lakers. So '96, I don't know if you know the story. During the Olympics, I was negotiating with Orlando. I was at Magic City, and my agent called me and said, "Hey, man, you got to come meet Jerry." Cause I never met him. I knew who he was. So we get up to his suite. He was smooth. He had a Versace house coats. Mm -hmm. And he said, Shaq, I got some good news, I got some bad news. I said, well, what's the bad news, sir? He said, I can't get you that 150 you want, but I can get you this. And then give me that contract. Yeah. Bro, I ain't never seen so many zeros in my life. I was like, <laughs> but he was like, you got to sign now. Mm. And I was like, like, I didn't have time to call nobody. He's like, you, you got to sign now. And then right when I was signing, he said, let me tell you something. I'm I'm about to get this young kid from high school. We did a deal with Charlotte. We're going to move Vladi, kid named Kobe Bryant, and y'all going to win championships. Mm. So I signed it. And then, you know, that story you told about them losing sometime, I didn't know that either. Yeah. So when, when me and Kobe first got to L.A., we always got swept. We're, we're probably the biggest legends that got swept the most times. I got swept, I think, five times. So last time we got swept, I'm in the bathroom. I'm ripping urinals out the wall, I'm ripping tours, I'm going crazy, it's water flying everywhere. And Jerry, <laughs> no, seriously, like I'm, I'm going crazy because you know, every time we lose, it's me, Shaq's fault, free throw, he's trying to be a rapper, like it's always coming back on me and I just got tired of it, so I'm tearing the bathroom around. So Jerry West comes and he grabbed me from the back, strong, and he just come down. I lost to Boston seven to nine times yep. in the finals before I won. And like, as soon as he said that, I was like, because it was a piece of history I didn't know. I was like, mm. I was like, what'd you just say? He said, I lost seven to nine times in the finals to the Boston Celtics. So that kind of gave me a little bit more patience on, you know, being patient and, and, and learning how to win. But you make a good point. Like, we all need to become historians of the game because Spencer Conley cursed me out one time. He said, you know who I am? I said, no. He said, you should know. I'm the reason why, you know, guys can leave school early and come. I said, well, no disrespect. Mm -hmm. And he said, how come you don't know the history of the game? And I told him, I said, because it starts here. Mm -hmm. He's the first guy I've seen. Mm -hmm. Anybody before you? Before me. Mm -hmm. Anybody before you? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I have to, like, see it or, like, hear it. So, like, I don't know. So, like, he, he went off. and But, he, 
you know, when, when you made that point about we need to learn our game, it, it's true because I get upset when they talk about the GOATs and then they don't mention my guy. That pisses me off. Like, you know, when they talk about it's these. a little biased. No, nah, I'm not. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. Doc, I will knock. I love having you in my corner, though. <laughs> I will knock out for you, Doc. Yeah. I'm just letting you know right now. So, Doc, can I give you a gift? Sure, man. <clears throat> sure, man. I want to give you a gift. And I ain't got for you, John Whitfield. <laughs> you got a gun box. Yeah, three fifty-seven. You're crazy. So, oh, dog, man, this is, I got a feeling about this. So, one. since I grew up watching you, yeah, these are all the watches that were created for me and by me. So, I just wanted to give you all of these, my brother. Oh man, this is Come for on. you. Check it out. Come on, man. Let me see what you got. Because I grew up watching you. <laughs> oh, you got an Invicta plug. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're done. <laughs> So this is for you, and you can give some to uh, my main man Barry. But this is for you, brother, because I grew up watching you, and all, all the that I got, my this, brother, man. is because of Come you. On, so, Tokyo talk. <clears throat> you've done a lot for me, and I know I thank you every time I see you. I just want to let you know I love you and I appreciate you. And I ain't got for you, John. That's messed up. John, John Cornelius Whitfield. <laughs> I want to know what your real, your middle name is. Shaquille the Deal O'Neal. This is a watch for every day of the week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So they're going to get warm. That's for you, brother. Right. I, I appreciate Ooh, you. Man, and, thank. and you know, you haven't need anything from me, brother. You know, I got you. For sure. I appreciate you, brother. Because I grew up watching you, brother. So those are all the watches I created. No. It's respect, man. People that paid the way. I like that. I'm taking that. That's Sunday. That'd be historian. <laughs> Have you ever had a Rolls Royce? Uh, yes, sir. Have you ever had a Bentley? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. I know you got a Bentley. Don't ask me no questions. Go ahead and ask it to me. Have you ever had a Rolls Royce? Nope. <laughs> well, I think you should go buy one. <laughs> <laughs> but I got one. I give it out some more gifts. No, I ain't had one yet. Nineteen eighty-five. Oh, you had an eighty-five? Camaro. Convertible. C A M A R G U E. When I got in nineteen eighty-five, the only other person in the United States who had one was Muhammad Ali's wife. Oh and, damn! And that car is in my garage. Oh seriously? I walk right past it to get to my truck. I'm driving a BMW right now. Talk your talk. Can I ask you a question though? Yeah. You was in playing ball during a time of inequality. Like, you was literally like... Oh, 70s? Are you kidding? Okay, so here's what you're talking about. Right. You're talking about going to hotels and saying, no, colored only. Right. Down there. Right. Going to water fountains. Right, and you in the once NBA. You get, yeah, yeah right. once you get past the Mason-Dixon line. Right. And you can't stop till you get to your grandmother's house. Right. Anymore, because you can stop for gas, but you can't stop for no food. And that was real, man. That was, that was, that was real, and I... I, I lived during that era. I met some interesting people who historically made differences. I spent time, built aforementioned Bill Cosby, Miles Davis, mm -hmm. Arthur Ashe, mm -hmm. Reggie Jackson. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had meetings to talk about pooling our money to do something in the black community mm -hmm. that was gonna make it better for the kids, the next generation. And whatever, and uh, you know, I mean, several of those guys are not here anymore. Miles is not here. Arthur Ashe is not here anymore. But their legacies live on mm -hmm. in terms of getting through the '70s, excelling 
with whatever it was they were doing, whether it was stand-up comedy, music, or whether it was tennis as Arthur played or, or, or Reggie Jackson, you know, mm -hmm. hitting four home runs for the Yankees. Ooh. Back to back to back to back. back. Becoming Mr. October. Yeah. So, you know, those are times that I will never forget. And I just saw Reggie less than a week ago mm -hmm. and whatever. And we just sat and, you know, reflected on what has happened, what's happening now, mm -hmm. and how much is different and some of the things that are still the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that are still the same and, and, and haven't changed and shame on that. So coming from, coming from, you realize things hasn't changed, but you see the opportunities have risen a little bit more. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then. Uh, no, the, I mean, the, the world, the world's different. Is it for the better? Probably, because mm -hmm. of the technology, the science, the mm -hmm. educational opportunities. Uh, that are that are out there for us, the business opportunities that are out there, particularly for us, for people of color mm -hmm. or whatever. But you know, there's still people suffering, and there's still poverty. We still got people living on the streets, and you know, we're spending money, you know, with wars in other places in the world, and you know, the deficit, the deficit will never be remedied. But I think. From a political standpoint, and I'm not a, a aggressively political person, mm -hmm. you got to take care of home first. And there's so many people suffering here at home uh, that we're turning a blind eye to. Dr. J, if you run for president, I'm going to be your biggest donor. Yes, sir. <laughs> Julius Irvin for president. Come on with it, sir. man. Come DC, on. have you ever, I, like, I've, I've, I've been a fan of yours since we, since I jumped to your DM. Have you ever failed? As a comedian, I mean, bomb, not fail. Excuse me. No, nah, you don't look at it as, as, as bombing. It's like it's like a bad game. You know, you you're still there to entertain, but you probably ain't scored thirty tonight. You might have got twelve rebounds. You learned something, so just enhance it. Yeah. Whatever you do, just input it into the next game. So, I know as a comedian, as an actor. I'm going on stage, and there's going to be something new I'm going to do every night. I don't know. Hmm. I know I, I have a, a certain routine, and hmm. they're coming to see me, but I know for a fact I was like, hmm, I like this particular joke, but I'm going to do it on the left side tonight. I knew it worked <laughs> on the right, but I'm going to yeah. just go to the left. Yeah. Or I may stand in the middle. I may sit down when I tell it. I may get up when I tell it. So it's like I'm always constantly critiquing myself to be better. I think that's the only way that you can be great when you hear people like Kobe saying, all right, practice start at seven, I'm here at five. It's over with at five, but I'm, I'm leaving at seven. It's like those extra four hours is what you're gonna do in the next, in tomorrow's game. Not from seven to five. Yeah. It's from five to seven, yeah. and then yeah. from seven to nine. The them two extra, them four extra hours <laughs> is what's gonna advance you. So I always wanna be better, I study, and I be a student of the game, and then you know it's you don't look at it as you bad because you'll start thinking that that's how you're gonna produce yourself and you're gonna be bad. You just wanna go out there and be better and knowing that always leave room for improvement. You gotta write it down or you have a library or do it. Yeah, I'm I'm one of them I'm I'm like an old school writer. I gotta see it, write it, write it a couple of times. Okay. I like I write it a couple of times. Write and rewrite and rewrite. Write it and rewrite it so it can yeah. so I can plan it in my head. Yeah. I, I wanna see you write something. <laughs> I know you don't use nothing regular, Shaq. I don't care. 
don't care. Your dad ain't regular. Like, you got three beds put together. They don't know that. I'm like, bro, this is four king-size beds. Super. I still can't believe your name is John Whitfield. You know what? And I thought that name was going to give me so many jobs. It did not. I'm like, you don't trust John Whitfield? like, no. I'm like, but D'Anthony? You don't let the Anthony over John I'm like, bro, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> so your show, 85 South. Yes, sir. You, the other two guys. How, how, did that, how did that concept come about? Man, you know, shout out to the OG Carlos Miller. You know what I mean? Uh, he, he put the play together, brought me along, brought Chico along, and it was just an, an idea, you know? And with this situation, I learned a lot by just being with friends and learned a lot about going in business and knowing that we can do it. If we really want to take the time out to do it, we really can. It just take a little time and a little trust. And once you realize that you may not understand your friend's vision or his dream, but if you support them, it may take you far too. Mm. Yeah. Partners. Partners. Partnering. You ain't, Partnering. you may not hey, see hey, the vision, man, but hey, I support hey, your hey, judgment. It ain't about being a long ranger, you know. I support your judgment. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's exactly what this situation did. It was like, I didn't know what it was, but I'm continuously to like learning as we grow. And I'm like, bro, I appreciate you for even just wanting me to be a part of this. And now I have to bring what I bring to the game yeah, to help yeah. this particular situation because you can't do it by yourself. But just to see us literally go from like like ground zero and it didn't work. Not saying that it didn't work because everybody think like you making money mean it don't work. No, we're just putting time and effort into something that's longevity. So the first two, three, four years, we was just really putting time. It was just time coming to the- Going in circle. Going in, not really going in circle, we learning. We're building, we're building our support, but we're using our other uh, situation to, to, to help it. Compens you dig what I'm saying? To compensate it. Yeah. But it was like, all right, once this started picking up, it was like, oh, it worked. It worked. Doc, we know you got to go. One last question. I said a couple weeks on my podcast that the only guy I fear when I stepped on the court was Michael Jordan the first time. Mm -hmm. Was there anybody that, when you first saw him on the court, scared you, made you, made you, Breathe a little harder than you really breathe. Rephrase it a little bit, because yeah, I wasn't really afraid of anybody. You know, I mean, I played ball from an early age, right on through, had a lot of successes or whatever. I I always felt as though I was in Kareem's shadow. You know, and uh, when I when I left school <clears throat> after my junior year. Uh, you know, he was, he had just left UCLA because he was two years ahead of me. And, uh, and we met over at Reese Park, and coincidentally, because I went over there with some of my guys from my, my town. And uh, they said, Kareem's down there, or Lou Alcindor's down there, blah, blah, blah. So that particular day, he had a dashiki on, so he wasn't playing no basketball. Right. <laughs> he had a dashiki and some sandals on. Whatever, and I went over and I introduced myself. He said, "Yeah, I heard about you. You know, because you, uh, you know I, I had like average twenty-eight points and twenty-one rebounds. So I guess he heard about me <laughs> if he followed any kind of stats. And uh, and he said, "Yeah, I'm not playing today, but I'll, I'll probably see you down the road in the NBA." 
<clears throat> and I went to the ABA. So it was a five-year period in which I was pretty much dominating the, the ABA, but I was still kind of in his shadow because people, you know, looked at him, he changed his name and, he, and, you know, and his religious beliefs and his popularity. You know, he was, he was, he was considered to be the number one player. So I was like, I'm going to get my chance, just like, just like you right, were saying right. before. I said, I would get my chance. And then uh, first time we played them in the finals, we played Portland in the finals. That was Bill Walton's team. And then in 80, in 80 and in 82, we played Los Angeles in the finals. And they beat us. And I said, I'm going to be in this shadow all the rest of my <laughs> right, life. Right. <laughs> and we, got, we went and got Big Moses yeah. <laughs> and whatever. And we beat them four straight. Four, four, four. four. Four straight in, in that. And I was just I was just relieved. I was like a brick was over my head trying to hit me and it went the other way, you know. So uh I was only in his shadow. I didn't fear him or anything, because we didn't even match up. Right. You know. Uh in regular games. We did we did the one on one thing years later, you know, when I was when he was forty two and I was forty. But um, yeah, yeah, he was the guy. I felt like I was in the shadow now. I felt like I came out. And no looking back. All right, I got two more for Dr. J before he leaves us. Number one, I was shocked to see that there was a chance that you were going to be on Atlanta and you actually had two exhibition games with them and you were playing with Pistol Pete. And my first question is, did you just have some insane alley-oops with Pistol Pete Maravich that none of us will ever see? Well, I think there's some evidence of it. You know, we, we played two games we scored, we averaged 135 points in the two games. And they were, they were both against, they were both against Houston. And, you know, after practice, we'd stay around. He was like Kobe, you know, he ain't trying to leave to an hour, two hours after practice. I wasn't trying to leave either, mm -hmm. you know? So we go there, we play one-on-one -on -one, and we, we play off of the ball, you know, alley-oops and all kinds of stuff that was a little more unconventional. Because he was he was an amazing guy, amazing player, an amazing person, and uh, I was really trying to play in Atlanta. You know, Atlanta was the place for the black man to be in that in that era, seven the seventies or whatever. It was going through a whole lot of uh, changes. It was leader in terms of civil rights, civil rights activity, and whatever. And they gave me two hundred fifty thousand dollars. They gave me a uh, a car, which was a Jaguar, and they gave me a condominium. And they said, we want you. And I said, y'all damn sure do. <laughs> it was 1971, and I had, I had a contract with Virginia, and I was being paid 125,000, right? For the season? And I had, yeah, for the season, yeah. So this was my first contract. So I had a four-year contract. That made me mad. The agent was like, no, we're going we gonna, to we gonna, we gonna leave here. We're going to Atlanta. And so from Virginia, I was going to Atlanta. I showed up at camp with Atlanta, got all the way through training camp. They also had Walt Bellamy, Lou Hudson, right? So two Hall of Famers and Pete Maravich. It wasn't just Pete Maravich and me. So we were loaded. Cotton Fitzsimmons was coaching. He was an up-tempo coach. He liked to see running and gunning. And I was like, I'm your man. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the draft came that year. 
and Atlanta had like the fifth pick in the draft. My class graduated that year, the class of 72 from college graduated that year. So I was eligible to be drafted into the NBA, whereas the year before I was not eligible. I, I had left school. So they draft a guard from Missouri. And we said, uh-oh. And then the 12th pick, Milwaukee Bucks drafted me. Mm. And we said, that's going to be a problem because the NBA is going to stand behind their franchises. Mm -hmm. right. so Milwaukee drafted me. They got Kareem. They got Oscar Robertson. And my agent said, no, you don't want to go there. <laughs> I'm like, okay, where am I going? He said, let's go to Atlanta. Right. And let's see what happens. So we go to Atlanta. The previous story, training camp, exhibition games. They sit, they, they, uh, the league says, you have to sit Julius Irving down. So I go to the end of the bench because they, they won't let me play any more games. Right, because it's in violation of the rules or powers that be or whatever. Milwaukee was complaining. And so I go to the end of the bench. I sat there for like two days and I told my agent, I said, I'm going back to the Squires. I'm going back to the ABA. So I left and went back to the ABA. The proceedings went through a court in New York. It went through arbitration. They ruled in Milwaukee's favor. So Atlanta was out of whatever they was, whatever it was that they gave me. And I kept a condo down here for five years. And my nephew Barry, his mom, my sister, and his two brothers, they lived in that condo. That's how, that's how they got introduced to Atlanta. So ABA was another league. ABA yes. was a You ain't know league. that, John Whitfield? No, this is, I'm out of the way. <laughs> Shaquille Vidal O'Neal, ugly, <laughs> ugly man. Who would you put alongside of you as the four best dunkers of all time? So it's you and then three more spots. It ain't hard. It ain't hard. Vince Carter. Okay. Dominique. Okay. I'll go with MJ. Mm. Nice. Shaq, do you approve? Oh, yes, that's Doc. What? Of course I approve. But the list is more than four. Right. And I got a, yeah. I got a, I got a photograph in, in my house. I'm going to give it to Shaq. I'm going to sign it and give it to you. So it's me, Dominique, Vince Carter, Kobe, Michael, Clyde Drexler. Damn. Standing side by side in suits. Getting ready. They go, your man, Doc. Judge the slam dunk contest. Right, right, right. <laughs> they want to get you had some expertise in that contest. <laughs> so, guys, thank you for coming to the Shahuka Lounge. We appreciate you very much, you Jerome. Know, anytime. Awesome. His name is John Whitfield. <laughs> hey, easy on that. Hey, man, Jerome. we got the same initials. Yeah, Jerome. Yeah, Jerome. <laughs> I guess yours, 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 yours rhyme too. Jerome Chrome, ugly man. <laughs> he put you in it. He put you in it. You, you, you green, you in. <laughs> Jerome, huh. his name John. Hold up, not quite like that. Jerome, Jerome. his name John Whitfield. You uh, in school with somebody named like that? Huh? <laughs> hey Adam, Adam, do white families argue back and forth like this? Well, they're Nigerian, so it gets like heated, and I don't understand half of the words they're saying. Unplug yeah. his damn computer. Oh, no. Oh, no. His wife is Nigerian.
his wife. Yes. You ask him about his people. <laughs> I love you guys. For slip. I'm all right with him. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate yeah. you. Thank you. No, we appreciate you. It is now time for Dr. O'Neill fan advice. And a reminder to everybody, if you have a question you'd like to ask Dr. O'Neill because he's a real doctor, you can leave a question in the YouTube comments for this episode or send it to askdroneal at gmail.com. We still have DC Youngfly because we believe he will give great insight to this question as well. Tiffany from New York City asks, Dr. O'Neill, my boyfriend has a weird relationship with his mom. He talks to her on the phone for hours, texts her nonstop, and even calls her to say goodnight. Sometimes I feel invisible to him. Am I tripping? Dr. O'Neill. Yes and no. The first thing is, I don't know how, mom, how old his mother is, but you always want to tell your loved ones that you love them. I say this all the time, and I mean it, and hopefully people can learn from the story. My sister was very sick. I went to see her and I asked her, I said, you want me to stay? But everybody knows I work and I take care of the family. They don't want me to worry. So she says, no, I'll see you when you come back. Go to LA, got a plan. I'm going to LA, red eye flight, come back, see you tomorrow in the hospital. Did I call to say I love you? No. Did I call to check on her? No. Did I call at all? No. Because my thought process was, I'll call it tomorrow. Everything is, I'll call it tomorrow, I'll call it tomorrow, I'll call it tomorrow. So my message to the people is, if you have loved ones, if you have enemies, if you have people, your cousins that you ain't talked to and you think about them, shoot them a text, get on the call, tell them how you feel about them. That's the part that's not weird. Now, the other answer to that is, it's very weird. Uh, obviously, he's a, obviously, he's a mama's boy, and he loves his mother. Maybe you should have a conversation with his mother and his mother can give you some insight on how he really is so you can better learn to understand him. Because I've learned over the last couple of years, a relationship should be about what you need and not what you want. So obviously this young man needs his mother's voice. He needs his mother's comfort. He needs to tell his mother he, he loves him. I advise him to, everybody out there, call your mama, call your daddy, call your cousin, call your brother, call the guy that you haven't talked to in a while, say, what's up, I love you, and just let them know you miss them. Because when they're gone, they're gone forever. I'm, 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 with, I'm, with, I'm with Shaq on this one, you know what I mean? Especially when you think about them. Just shoot them a text, shoot them. They don't have to be long when They don't have to be a long conversation. Just, hey, man, I thought about you, love you, straight. How your day was? Well, good, cool, see you tomorrow, boom. That's, that goes a long way. It speaks volumes versus you thinking, like thinking that you have to have a long conversation uh, because we do that a lot we, when we think we got tomorrow because we always continuously to see tomorrow, but sometimes some people may not see tomorrow. So when you do think about somebody, shoot them that text. But on the other note, that ain't hit mama, girl. That's, that's, that is a cougar. He is banging that every, and he know how slow you is. He like, the, the cougar like, she ain't gonna go for it. He like, man, shut up. She think you my mama. <laughs> Look, she laying right here. Hey, I'm talking to my mama. <laughs> like, no, it is a cougar. She is keeping that thing hot and ready like a hot pocket, girl. And I'm telling you, 
I ain't telling you what to do because I stick up with my brothers. Matter of fact, it is his mama. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> it's his mama. Don't stop Every tripping. night he's saying, I love you, mama. And it's actually it's, it's, a cougar. It's his I mama. If you're going to keep going for it, girl, it's his mama. You <laughs> is crazy. Just call the phone one day. Yeah, check check his phone and see if he has a mom and a mama. Because they might be two different people. Right. Hey, you never know. <laughs> Never know. <laughs> I didn't think of it like that, but that makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, man, that is not his mama. And she's slow. She keep going for it. That's your mama again? Two hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, talk about something in the third grade. <laughs> no, bruh. You need help, child. Just call the phone. Or just ask her. Like, let me speak to your mama. Or if you're a con artist, when you see the mama, talk to the mama and act like you like, yeah, man, I heard you. You be talking to him. I don't be talking to him. You be like, you don't. <laughs> see? Uh, Shaq, DC posted a clip on IG recently of him doing play-by-play of NBA games. Yeah. And I, I do want him to come by TNT one night and just kind of set him up. I, I think it would be fun. Now, I tell the truth now. Done. I don't be with all that. I don't care who you is. I tell the truth. All right, done. Man, you in the NBA. So I respect that. But if you were sorry that night, I'm going to let you know, like, bro, you can't be talking to me like you just dropped 30. You dropped four points <laughs> with nine field goal attempts. So that means you only tried to shoot nine times, Joe scared. <laughs> <laughs> like, you like, but that one we were talking about early. See, right. I like Russell Westbrook. I like his style of basketball. I'm like, you want to be the greatest. You go in there with aggression. You go in there with passion. You have it. You you put your emotion on your sleeve. Like that's what we missing in the game. It's too many looking for fouls, and as soon as something happens, they looking at the real. Like that's a muscle memory. As soon as something happens, they soon as they shoot. You see nothing. You're like, man, get back and play defense, man. You worry about a damn call, man. So it's like. I, 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 yeah, put bring me on TNT, man. I I would love to be the play-by-play guy next to DC. I would. Uh, it would. All right, DC, you want to try one real Come quick? Come on. And we'll pretend like Shaq's playing. Okay. Come on. Welcome everybody inside Staples Center, where we're getting ready to see Shaquille O'Neal. It's a big matchup taking on his former teammate Kobe Bryant. I'm joined alongside, as always, by DC Young Fly. DC, what do you think about tonight's game? Uh, one thing I love about tonight's game, you know, Shaquille, he dominated the, the the paint, you know, and Kobe went crazy beyond the three. You know, I think they need a little help around there, around the two guard, because they can't do it by themselves. And and if Shaquille O'Neal breaks for another goal, uh, <laughs> we're both will be out of a job. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give him that laugh. DC Shaq, Shaq loves, Shaq loves white guy voice. It's one of his favorite things. Oh, yeah, I do. Listen, I watch your EAPN. I don't know. Whoa, 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 what? John Whitfield, we don't work for no ESPN. TNT, yeah. Oh, my bad. You can edit, jump, edit, cut. Here we go. Jump, cut. Man, I be watching Shaq right on TNT all the time, man. All the time. You're the man, brother. Congrats on everything, man. Love, man. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate y'all, what y'all doing for him, man, because, you know, it brings light to People like Dr. J, man, you know what I'm saying? Can I bring in your friend for a second? Bring in, ooh, tell me who had all the jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Adam, I want you to meet uh, Bow Wow's father. <laughs> Big Bow Wow. Come on in, Big Bow Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, say hello to Big Bow Wow. 
Hey, hey, I got a question. That term ugly boy. Who, me? No, the term ugly ass boy. Oh, I about to say, come on now. Now you too strong to have your collar all the way buttoned up. Let one of them go. Come on now, you ain't no TNT. Let that go, you at your house. You, matter of fact, go get another shirt. Go in your closet, get another shirt. I ain't been keep going for you. You my friend, so I ain't, I'm talking to you like you my friend. No, but that term ugly ass boy, did you come up with that? That's just, a, that's just like a, a, a hood saying. It's like one of those, uh, what you call them, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, what you call them, like, uh, like, what's up, my boy? Yeah. It's a term, of, a term of endearment. Okay, got it. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. Ugly kid, ugly, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It mean a lot. However you want it. You could be dead serious or you could be playing. Hey, ugly, you like, yeah, because you are ugly. Or you just be playing, look, ugly, ha, ha. You know what I'm saying? Just word of endearment. <laughs> like that shirt, I'm your friend. That's ugly. I love y'all. No, cause he be trying yeah. to be so calm like he ain't got all this damn money. <laughs> you know you got a shirt that say, I got money. That ain't it. That's as nice as polo, young D. You you don't like my flower shirt, dog? You don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you doing this for the podcast, man. You finna change. <laughs> well, you supposed to want that on the damn show. Oh, great. Go get another shirt. We can do this again. Yeah. His wife is Nigerian. His wife. You ask him about his people. <laughs>